What's up, boxing fans? This is Sides of Boxing with your host, JJ Sermon. In this podcast, JJ gives an in-depth analysis of nearly every fight, from undercards to main events. Now, let's get into the ring. What's up, what's up, what's up? So on this episode of Sides of Boxing, I'm going to talk about GGG versus Sergey Devrachenko as well as Jerron Ennis and Jermaine Franklin's fight that they had on Showtime. So let's get straight into it. All right, so the first fight I want to talk about is with Jermaine Franklin versus Pavel Saru. He fought him, and this was for the heavyweight division. Jermaine Franklin came into this fight 19-0 undefeated, and Pavel came into this fight, I want to say he was 11-1. And this fight was in the heavyweight division, and this was a fight that Jermaine Franklin was supposed to win, and he did. He did what he needed to do. He got a knockdown, I want to say, in between, like, round five or six. He got a knockdown, which was really good. And he just tried to control the fight. He did good, go through some struggles. Like, he, he started off really strong in rounds one and two. When it got a little bit later on, Jermaine Franklin did show a little flaws, which he's shown in previous fights against I want to say Booker, he fought in a, a, his previous, one of his previous fights. But, like, nonetheless, he still proves that he can box. He's still moving his way up as a, as a strong contender for the heavyweight division. But he has to get better fights in 2020 to kind of show that he does deserve to be up there with the top guys, such as, like, a De- Deontay Wilder, uh, Alexander Usyk, or Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua, you know, just getting his name up there at that top of the list. And, and he's young, too, so there's no big rush at this point. I mean, he can he can still fight and build up his name. But um, eventually, like 2020, he needs at least one good contender fight. Like maybe like a Joy Joy, somebody who who's coming up in the ranks, who has got a lot of good fights and pull an upset off or pull a fight off that shows that you deserve to be in the top tier of the heavyweight division. So that's all I really got to say about this fight. The next fight that I want to get into is with Jerron Ennis versus Damian Daniel Fernandez. This fight was for the welterweight division. Jerron Ennis came into this fight 23 wins, zero losses in his campaign. And Damian Daniel Fernandez came into this fight with 12 wins and only one loss. And so this fight was essentially the headline fight due to Clarissa Shields fight being canceled due to the trainer getting assaulted this fight ended up being a quick easy win for Jerron Ennis he won in the third round with the TKO and he improves his record to 24-0 I mean he's he's winning a lot of fights not with a lot of great competition but he's continuing to win he's continuing to make more noise more people are starting to know who he is especially the boxers but he he's definitely supposed to get up there and i want to say 2020 or 2021 he's still young but man he he definitely has great potential i don't know how he will stack up against the top welterweights but i definitely would like to see him against uh great competitors in the welterweight division somebody who has great records some some welterweights or even uh junior welterweights that that have put in some work so i would love to see him against the top competitors or contenders or former champions that's why i really would like to see him against his former belt holders 
uh, in the 140 to 147 division and see how well he, he fights against those guys who got more experience, who have been in the trenches against elite fighters in that division. So, yeah, man, that's all I really got to say about Jerron Ennis. He continues to improve, continues to get better. And now, man, we'll see him fight more and more. Hopefully 2020, we get better fights. Now let's get into the main event fight of the week, which included GGG versus Sergey Devrinchenko. Gennady Golovkin, or the name that I usually just call him is GGG, got into the ring this past weekend and he fought Sergey Devrinchenko. GGG came into this fight with 39 wins, one loss, and one draw. And Sergey Devrinchenko came into this fight with 13 wins, only one loss in his campaign. This fight was for the middleweight division. It was for the vacant IBF title as well as the IBO middleweight title. So two belts are on the line. Really, the IBF is the main belt that was really on the line because they, they both was vacant, but the IBO, they be doing some things... They just popped up and said it's going to be vacant and whoever wins this fight gets their belt, which I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that. They came out of nowhere in the woodwork saying that somebody's going to win this belt. But the IBF is definitely an important belt. And I felt like this fight was very important due to the vacant belt of the IBF. To start off this fight, I want to just say that there was a lot of expectations. A lot of people thought that Gennady Golovkin was just going to come through this fight, and he was just going to bulldoze Sergey Devrachenko, get a late knockout, and that was the end of this fight, and he was potentially going to sh show that he deserves a trilogy against Canelo. And I, in my opinion, coming to this fight, I knew that Sergey Devrachenko had a lot on his resume. I knew he had a lot. He had a lot of amateur fights. He had over 300 amateur fights. He's a very slick fighter. They usually call him the te they call him the technician for 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 no reason, man. That's his nickname, man. He knows how to move around that ring and he only lost to Daniel Jacobs and that was a fight in which it could have went either way. He got a flash knockdown in the first round and that was probably the only part in which Sergey could have lost that fight because he lost two points in that first round. But the fight was very, very, very close. And I believe that Sergey Devrachenko won in that fight. So I definitely thought that this fight was going to be more entertaining. I definitely thought GGG was going to get a run for his money. And I definitely thought it was going to be a unanimous decision. It wasn't going to be no knockdown because Sergey Devrachenko is, is a beast, man. And so to start off the fight, man, it definitely ended up being exactly how... The Daniel Jacobs pretty much fight happened with Sergey Devrachenko. GGG caught Sergey Devrachenko with a shot at like the top of his head, and he fails like a flash knockdown. It seemed like Sergey Devrachenko seems a little bit nervous and anxious when he first gets into the ring in the first round, and he doesn't fight his game. And he got knocked down again in the first round, and I was just like, Lord, why did this have to happen again? I'm like, Dang, I'm like, this, like, Sergey, come on, man. Like, get it together. Like, you got this, man. Like, you've been in so many fights. How are you still getting nervous? But uh, it's, it's a difference between amateurs and professional. And he got knocked down. It was a flash knockdown. He got out real strong. And then kept fighting. That round ended up being a 10-8 round for GGG. Second round came, and then Sergey Dervacheco got a cut on one of his eyes. And now it's like blood dripping. I'm like, dang, now he got two things already down by the knockdown in the first round. 
Now he get a cut in the second round. So I'm like, dang, the odds are stacked against him. And I was just like, I don't know how he's going to do it, but if if he's really about that life and he's the real technician that everybody keeps saying, man, and how i seen him do against Daniel Jacobs, I know he could do a lot better. And he got his trainer back, which is really good. And, and I, I knew that was going to make a much better difference. His trainer also talked about how they had the best training camp ever that he, he ever had with Sergey Devrachenko. So they was coming to this fight with all the, the hype and all the confidence of the world. But coming in, like I said, coming to the first and second round, it didn't look good. Didn't look good at all. But when round three, four, five, six, I mean, soon as soon as round three pretty much hit, it was Sergey Devrachenko went in attack mode. And, I mean, he was moving ahead, and he was just hitting. And he caught uh, GGG with a body shot. And that was a game changer because when he caught GG with a body shot, GGG flinched up. Like, you know how you, if you ever got hit with a body shot, because I did, and if you ever get hit with a body shot, you when you feel it, when, when it hurts, like, really bad, and you feel it, and you just immediately, like, your reflex, you really, like, jump up and you try to protect it. That's exactly, and it could, because it hurts so bad and you can't even hide your emotions because it hurt that bad. That's what GGG did. He literally just froze up. And Devercheco took advantage, and then he just won. I felt like three, four, five, and six. He won like four rounds straight. I felt like he was just dominating those rounds. I gave another round to GGG in like round seven, and then like I felt like GGG ended up like not really doing too much. I felt like most of the time it was the rounds that GGG could have won towards the later rounds. They were very close. They could have went Sergey Devercheco away. But, like, he would do, GGG would do, like, a, a really good punch towards the end of the round. But Sergey Devrachenko would dominate for a majority of, like, two minutes. Like, two and a half minutes. Like, two two minutes and 30 seconds. He could pretty much dominate the fight. And in the last 30 seconds, GGG can, like, turn it up. And it makes it seem like GGG had a better round because of the crowd or whatever would make the noise every time GGG throw a punch. But I wasn't fooled by that. I knew Sergey Devrachenko was doing a lot more. And I saw him do a lot more because he was moving that head. He was putting putting pressure on GGG. GGG never does well on his going backwards on his back foot. And Sergey Devrachenko did exactly what he was supposed to do and push him back. Keep pushing him back. Keep pushing him back. And he kept pushing him back. Getting GGG closer to the ropes. Pushing GGG back as far as he could, man. Like... And making him very uncomfortable. And he was very uncomfortable in this fight. And I feel like he won from rounds, I want to say, 9 or 12. I feel like he won those rounds as well. I gave it, I want to say, like 8 to 4. I gave 8 rounds to Derbachenko and 4 rounds to GGG. I only seen GGG won 4 rounds, honestly. That was, that was about it. For the, the, and that's, I'm just being honest. Like, it was definitely a fight in which... Sergey Jevrachenko showed that he was a superior fighter to GGG. And when the scorecard came out, it gave it to GGG with a unanimous decision. And I was like, yo, they really did it. They really robbed my boy Sergey Jevrachenko because he clearly won that fight. And GGG did not win that fight. Not even with a unanimous decision. Not even with a split decision. It either should have been a draw or it should have been for for uh, Sergey Devrachenko to win it all, man. Because, whew, if you if you if you watch the fight, 
just like I did, you would see that Sergey Devichenko went to work at once round three started. He went to work. A lot of body shots, a lot of shots that hurt JGG, a lot of movement, combinations, punches to the stomach, punches to the body, punches to the head. I mean, he was doing it all, man. And it was no denying it. It wasn't like we was blind. We, I literally was seeing Sergey Devichenko doing everything that GGG did not like. And he was making him very uncomfortable in this ring. And GGG was going. It was flashes where GGG would just get tagged by like four or five shots in a row. And would just be backing up and running away pretty much. Like he, he was looking so beat up in the fight. And I just was so surprised that they gave it to Sergey Devichenko. They gave it to GGG, I meant. Because he didn't deserve that win. So this fight definitely can be a fight in which I feel like made Canelo think, hey, if I can get through Sergey Kovalov, I can just easily knock out GGG and move on. Or if I even lose to Sergey, man, because I'm moving up so high, I could just go back and fight GGG and get a lot of money for that fight. So definitely I feel like that made Canelo definitely more hyped to win that fight. And against uh ggg the trilogy man but i don't even know if he really even want to fight him anymore man i just feel like if he beat sergey kovalov in a dominating fashion why go back to ggg you already did what you needed to do that's all that's 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 what i gotta say man ggg gotta step it up man definitely and his trainer jonathan banks talked about that man he gotta step it up man i don't know what was going on but he gotta get in that that's uh that 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 like that dog mode man and really like fight through it man and push himself and start thinking more and moving better and having more defense man because he's older now 37 he needs to have some more defense because he can't take that many hits now man and he can't take that many hits now at that age no he's gonna be out this could to potentially be his last fight the way he fought so yeah that's what i got to say about this fight and i hope you all enjoyed it and this concludes this episode of Sasa Boxing. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening all the way to the end. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a positive rating, as well as tell a friend to tell a friend if they're boxing fans, because I'm going to continue to give out great content each and every week. Got new fights coming up with Josh Warrington, Alexander Usyk, as well as Dimitri Bivol. So be sure to look out for that, and God bless.